Hello and welcome to another episode of Inspired Women Gathering. This is a show that talks about all things from life, relationships, spirituality, business, and everything in between. Women are so inspiring, living through their stories, finding resilience, resourcefulness, tenacity, and the powerful impact that we make in the world. I love connecting and having deep conversations, sharing with you the women I am inspired by and so blessed to know. My name is Dixie Bennett, I'm your host, and I'm a soulful women and wealth coach and healer, helping heart-centered entrepreneurial women heal their self-worth, embody their soul purpose, and create sustainable business with heart. I created this platform to highlight amazing women I come across and connect with, and I hope you enjoy them as much as I do. I am so excited to introduce to you today my beautiful guest, Joy Smith, and our topic is Understand Your Fur Babies. Joy Smith is an international animal communicator and animal Reiki master healer who believes animals are sentient beings that deserve to have a voice and be heard. So she is passionate about helping animals and humans find a way to commune in, in a more powerful way. Joy got introduced to Reiki when she was going through a depressive state. Her whole life changed in a year when she lost both her parents and her beloved dog. She decided to leave her corporate career in human resources to work with animals full time. She has helped hundreds of animals become more confident, transforming the relationship between the animal and their person as they became more in sync. Volunteering at the Human Humane Society uh, to help speed up the emotional and physical healing of animals so they can be adopted out more quickly is something that she loves to do. Her life mission is to help heal animals and in turn their person, transforming their lives for the better. So thank you so much, Joy, for being with us today. You're welcome. I'm excited to be here. So mm -hmm. where in the world are you from? Where, where are you coming from? <laughs> I'm in Red Deer, Alberta. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. have you always been there? Uh, no, I'm from the Northwest Territories originally. So yeah, so I've been in Alberta 2005. I moved here. Oh, wow. Or 2004, sorry. <laughs> I don't know if I knew that about uh, Northwest yeah. Territories. Yeah. That's something mm -hmm. new. I love that. Always yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'd love for you to share with us. Um, I know you talk in, in your bio, there's a little bit of information there about how you went through a transformative experience, losing both your parents in one year. I couldn't imagine. Um, and shifting your career, which is so many massive shifts. And I'd just love for you to share with us um, a little bit about your story. What what started you on this path and uh -huh. um, and just share some of your awakenings and experiences to bring you into who you are today. Okay, um, so as you mentioned, um, I was going through a depressive episode and uh, I had gone through several and I was quite desperate and I heard about this Reiki master. So I went to um, her and I think it was like three times and on the third time, like I just felt like a black cloud had lifted and I just thought, wow, oh, this is pretty powerful <clears throat> and anybody can learn how to do it. So I went and I got my level two and at that time i had just been hired as a manager of um, human resources and uh, the office that i was working in they had um, a fish tank and these poor fish had been you know neglected for i don't know how long and um so right away i started giving them reiki <laughs> to help them out and i learned all about um you know the ph balance and 
stuff like that. It's kind of complicated. And uh, yeah, and so I kind of got my whole team in on helping the fish and having them come become part of the environment. So, um, so yeah, so I started working, you know, with animals right away. And uh, then I got my master's and I had a class in uh, animal communication and it was like, wow, this whole kind of thing, you know, gift opened up in me. And um, so, um, you know, with animals, you know, like they're, they're part of the family, you know, and just like us wanting to know what's going on, they need to know what's going on too. And there's just so many, um, issues and you know um, trauma that animals experience and you know anxiety just because they don't understand what's happening in the family and um, you know in the household and stuff and um, so uh, so I started working with animals and and I was still um, manager of human resources and um, one of um, the ladies in my office she became a mentor and was very spiritual and uh, she kept on telling me joy you're meant to work with animals joy you're meant to work with animals and um, I thought oh okay <laughs> but I really I had a lot of respect for her and I know she you know communes with spirit and I thought okay well so um, I started working more with animals and then like you said um, one year like I lost my my dog and um, you know four months later I think it was I lost my mom and then five months later I lost my dad and um, yeah I was going through a real tough time and so you know I just thought I'm leaving my I was like 30 years in human resources and I'm just going to work with animals and so that's what I've been doing since I think 2015 and I absolutely mm -hmm. love it you know yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> That's so powerful. So, and, uh, and go back to, you know, that, that's a significant loss, your animal best friend, your parents, both, both leaving you. And so, and then in between that time, so where you, you were still working in corporate, obviously, and then how, yes. did, so how did Reiki support you um, during that transition? I know you said before that you had three sessions, you felt like a big cloud lifted off of you. Um, but what else did you, what else helped you through that time? Um, yeah, just, just friends and, you know, spiritual, spiritual groups and stuff. And, um, yeah, and I, of course, um, when I got my Reiki masters, my, my master, um, Reiki person, I got her to help me quite often too. So that's one I think I one thing I found out is you just can't do it alone. You know, like no matter how skilled you are, you need, I need help, you know, like, um, it, it just, um, that's just the way life is. Right. And yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think the important, well, it's always important. We need to have our community and our tribe. And, and I always find, um, in my own experiences that they tend to show up like they're messengers of earth angels or, or whatever experience that was. Um, yeah. I know when I would transitioned, I, when I was going through my transition between corporate and going into spirituality and into my own business, mm -hmm. um, all of a sudden I had so many community people starting to show up and I would get phone calls sometimes saying, people, um, Dixie, I need to give you a healing. I don't know why. And I'm like, it was so oh. timely. Um, I just had people come out of the woodwork. My Reiki, I was, had taken Reiki at the same time as I was transitioning mm -hmm. um, and learned my modalities too. So when you were leaving, when you made the decision to leave corporate, what was your experience going from corporate into, I'm now going to be a healer and work with animals? Yeah, well, you know, um, 
it took me a little while to build clientele and get out there. And um, so one of the, the, I guess, big ways I got a lot of experience was volunteering at the um, Humane Society. Before that, I volunteered at the Medicine River Wildlife Center, and that was pretty cool too. But, um, you know, I was off work and um, for a while there, like I was struggling and, um, you know, not only was I able to help the animals, but they helped me. And um, I was going there, you know, every day. It was like I was an employee for a while there. And um, yeah, and then I started uh, teaching animal communication and, um, you know, just just the difference that it makes in animals. It just really warms my heart. And, you know, one of the things I find, uh, one of my specialties, I guess, is working with, you know, abused animals, animals that have been through trauma, that have lots of, you know, anxiety and stuff like that. And I just seem to be drawn to them and have become quite skilled at, at helping them, you know, to release that anxiety. And um, of course, I've worked with a lot of rescues in, you know, that have been adopted out and stuff. And, you know, some people, you know, their animals are destroying their house because they're, you know, they're freaking out and they don't know what's going on. And, you know, just um, to go and work with, say, a dog, you know, that um, the owners, they'd gone, tried medication for this one dog, I'll, Bailey, I'll talk about her. Mm -hmm. And she, you know, had chewed through a chain link fence and got out of her kennel and was just destroying everything in the house. And, you know, the owners just felt so bad for her and, and they didn't know what to do. And they thought like, are we gonna have to give her back? Because, you know, Anyway, so I was able to work with Bailey and, you know, I went, I think I did about four sessions or five sessions with her. And, you know, one of the main things too was just, you know, telling her how much, you know, her mom and dad loved her and that it was her forever home, you know, because I find most dogs or dogs, cats, whatever, that have been in a rescue center, they feel abandoned and they're so terrified that they're, you know, that they're going to be left alone. And, um, you know, so, the, so talking and doing, you know, Reiki and I do lots of other things to really transformed her life around and basically kind of saved her life. So, so yeah. And uh, let's see, I've worked with, you know, some animals that have been through horrific things. You know, I have, I worked with one dog, she was a rescue and the lady had another dog and she lived out in the country and um, the two dogs were out together and um, one of the dogs got shot right in front of this other dog. So um, Mickey was her name and uh, his name and yeah, that, that dog was just so traumatized and you know, I was able to turn that that dog's life around too. So it's when I, when I hear things like that, or I see things like that, it's just like, oh yes, this is what I meant to do. You know, this is, I meant to really, you know, to serve the animal kingdom really. And in turn their person, because uh, of course we're affected by our animals too, right? We love our animals so much. And when we see them in pain and suffering, it's just, you know, um, yeah, they, they really need someone like me to help them, you know, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. I know since I've met with you, well, since we've connected, um, yeah. I really noticed 
I hear a lot of my friends now with animals and they're like, I don't know why my dog's doing this. Or, I don't know why my cat's doing this. I'm like, well, have you talked to them? They're like, no. I'm like, well, how long have you had this animal? Oh, like, you know, 17 years, 15 years. And, and they talk to them like, you know, they, they, they love them and coo with them and the animal, but they don't actually have human conversations and letting them know what's actually happening. Um, yeah. And, like it, it's so, oh, sorry, go on. Yeah, that's okay. Well, it's I, just, <laughs> you go first. <laughs> well, I think it's such an important thing that, I mean, I didn't even think about until you and I had talked and now I hear it with my friends and my colleagues and my clients all the time. And I'm just like, well, have you had a conversation with them? Have you talked to them and let them know what's going on? And they're like, yeah. well, no. And so I've kind of helped coach them a little bit. I'm like, well, you should have a conversation with them. And yeah. one of my girlfriends actually just recently was moving and all the, the boxes and everything were around the house. And the dog was their sweet little dog, just like a little teacup dog. It was like mm -hmm. mopey and sad. And she's like, I just don't understand what's going on. And I said, well, have you talked to your dog and told, told him that you're moving? And she's like, well, no you know, why would that matter? And I'm just yeah. like, well, because it's their environment, it's their home and mm -hmm. everything's going into boxes and it's confusing to them. And, yes. and then they, when they moved in, they actually, um, I guess they were, went for a walk and the dog thought they were in their new, at their new home and the door to the neighbor's house was open and, and their dog went running into that house. <laughs> I guess there was two big dogs that were in there and this yeah. poor little dog was so traumatized and yeah. just went in, ran amok around the house, was so confused and disoriented and finally came out and it was just, you know, that was their introduction to the new neighborhood. So, right. Oh, yeah. The dog was going through some trauma. So, uh -huh. so I'd really love for you to share a little bit more about why it's so important and what kind of conversations um, people should have with their animals. Okay. Well, there's so many. Um, and so first of all, when, when I say talk to your animals, you know, some people like, how, how do you do that? Well, just talk to them like, the, you know, they're like a young person, a two or three year old maybe, you know, and explain things to them step by step and um, even um, for example I worked with this one dog Pebbles and um, she belonged to a family and was really close with their daughter and their daughter went off to university and you know all of a sudden Pebbles started peeing and pooping in the house and they didn't know what was going on <clears throat> so um, I went to work with Pebbles and um, she didn't understand why their daughter had left and she actually thought that she did something wrong that it was her fault and and this this happens so often with animals when you know when someone leaves the house or whatever you know they feel like they're responsible for it you know so i i simply you know explained to her no you know she's gone off to school she still loves you and she she will be coming back you know you will see her this summer and right after that you know the dog stopped you know peeing and pooping outside um so that's one thing um you know if uh yeah, I got another example too. A lot of times um, when things like this happen and um, 
an animal doesn't understand, it will manifest physically in the animal. One, one dog that I was hired to work with had like a severe rash and I'm gonna call him Boomer. And um, so I went to work with Boomer and, you know, was giving him healing and stuff. And I said, you know, um, Boomer, do you know why you got this rash? And I should back up and said, they've tried, you know, different diets and medication and so on. And anyways, Boomer didn't understand. And um, the daughter was there at the time and she was quite intuitive. And she said, well, you know, my mom and dad split up about a year and a half ago and they had two dogs and one dog went with the dad and and boomer stayed with them you know so the next time i went and worked with boomer i said you know i think it's really important to you know that we have a discussion about what happened and um boomer it, it broke my heart because um he said um, you know, with the other dog, like they were fighting a lot towards the end, right? And that makes sense because if a family is breaking up, then usually there's a lot of tension and stuff in the house. And anyways, he said to me, um, he said he was my best friend. <laughs> Just, yeah, that, anyways, um, you know, so he's, and then he said, well, I understand now what happened. And um, I never worked with Boomer after that, but that just goes to show how things can manifest in a house. Um, I also worked with this one dog, Caesar, um, Czar was his name, and him and Kayla. And um, they lived with uh, the mom and she had her son, elder son there, older son, that had a lot of medical issues. Mm -hmm. And Czar was his dog and Czar actually saved um, him at one time. Anyways, um, Sandra had gone on a holiday and left the two dogs with her son. And shortly thereafter, I think her son died in the house. So these dogs were, I think alone with him for about 10 days. And anyway, so fast forward like a year and a half later. So um, Sandra brought um, the dogs in for me to work with them and Kayla didn't want to talk about it. She was, you know, she just didn't, it was painful, didn't want to talk to about it. But Czar, when I started talking to him, he's a big dog and he came over and he, he sat on my lap and, um, you know, and uh, he, he started saying that he thought, he felt like he should have saved her son and he thought it was his fault and literally he just was shaking like he was just vibe i'll never forget that as long as i live like it was just anyways we talked about it and told him that it wasn't his fault and you know and went through so a lot of what i do is like counseling like i'm a counselor for for animals and um you know and you know after a while he quit shaking and he was okay and you know i talked to the owner later and she said like they were both of the dogs were a lot less more calm seemed less depressed and you know when you think about it like he was carrying that around with him for a year and a half like wow and it yeah it's just uh i get emotional thinking about some of the things so you know and even you know um, an animal passing moving like definitely talk to your animals about if they're moving even you know if you have someone moving in the house too or even visiting you know like <laughs> people don't think about it but you know um these people are in their animal space too and they might wonder like when are they you know are they here forever or are they going to leave you know let them know okay they're going to be here for four days or you know four sleeps or you know they do understand time so that's just like some of the things basically 
you know, whenever there's a change happening, talk to your animals about it, you know, mm-hmm. or something, you know, trauma, traumatic has happened. Sometimes, you know, like an animal, like they've got brothers and sisters and one of them goes to the vet and something happens and they don't come back home, you know, they pass mm-hmm. and, and they're wondering, well, where is my friend, you know, stuff like that. So it's really becoming into the mindset that um, just like people, animals need to understand too and they're so smart and so intelligent and a lot of people don't give them credit for that you know and so that's the one main you know message i have is like for god's sake talk to your animals and tell people to talk to their animals there's nothing wrong with it (laughs) if people don't understand well too bad (laughs) you know so yeah Mm -hmm. those are just some of the stories that yeah yeah the the human animal is really important yeah and and another thing sometimes people don't realize too is you know when when the human is going through stuff or sick or or you know um an animal will a lot of times take on our stuff to try and help us out so you know sometimes we need to really look at that um i uh i worked with this one lady i I don't work with with people so much anymore for healing it's just strictly animals but I was working with you know people and this one lady came in and um, she had been having like panic attacks and stuff so I I did a Reiki session with her and then she came back about a month later and um, she lived out in the country and had horses and she said you know Joy she said um, before like I came to see you um, her one horse would just like race back and forth back and forth along the fence and she said after I had that Reiki session my horse didn't do that anymore you know <laughs> sometimes animals um, they, they do things so we'll get help too ourselves like I actually went to work with these one these two dogs um, they were brothers and uh, they used to fight all the time and I so I went and um, worked with them and and things calmed down and then anyways things started acting up again and they were getting in scraps and stuff and so when i went there to work with these two dogs i think it was striker and he looked at me and he said well you're here for mom she needs help and she you know she was going through so much stress and stuff at that time and so i ended up working with her so a lot of times too you know like um you know um the people need help and it's affecting our animals so they had to get me there somehow (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, with the the animals, um, so at what point would a human, like would the human actually seek out your services? Well, I think, you know, definitely if you have an animal that you think has gone through trauma or, you know, some kind of abuse or lots of anxiety, definitely um you know a person like me would be good to to see um if they're sick too like i help you know animals that have you know illnesses and stuff actually this one dog that i worked with dodge and um he has um i forget what it's called but it's a spinal um spinal disease i guess degenerative disease you know and in his hips and stuff and i've changed his life around from you know not being able to move very much to you know now going for walks and wanting to you know just bulldoze ahead and just you know and just you know happier um if your animal is acting out all of a sudden like if thing if something's changed and you're like okay what's going on well 
a lot of times, you know, I'd be able to figure out what's going on. Right. And um, yeah. So, so things like that. Uh, and besides cats and animals, what others, what are some of the other animals that you like to work with? Oh, I, I work with all kinds. I've worked with birds. Um, I worked with this one bird who was self-mutilating for years and plucking out his feathers and stuff like that. So I was able to help him to actually get off his cone, you know, his cone off. And um, she felt like her, she was getting her bird back, you know. Um, I've worked with lots of horses. Um, I've worked with you know, guinea pigs, I work with, but mostly, you know, horses, cats, and dogs, right? Um, yeah, but uh, I worked with um, a bearded dragon, lizard, they're pretty cool, <laughs> pretty smart, you know, and and um, they've got different animals at the Humane Society, too, like I've talked to, you know, a snake and <laughs> stuff like that. You can, you can communicate with any animal, you know, so, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's, Pretty cool and very, very rewarding. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's so cool. What's the weirdest that you have? Like the weirdest experience you've had with an animal? Um, well, I've had a couple of, of um, funny experiences. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, I uh, was working with this one horse. Um, Rex was his name and you know he is a very calm well-behaved horse and anyways um, for this time he was living out in this pasture with uh, Mel this mare and the owner went to get him one day because he had to get a farrier to work on his clothes and stuff and anyways um he was rearing up and just you know being really dangerous and just you know yeah like i think it took like an hour and a half for her to do the front hooves um of the horse so she the owner got me to work with rex and you know so first of all rex was really sorry and felt ashamed of what he did he was saying that and i i said so you know what happened and he said that he got in a fight with with mel and i said oh okay and then i said to him well can, can you tell me a little bit about this and he told me none of your business <laughs> and i've never had an will tell me none of your business before right that was that was pretty funny and uh, anyways we talked about other things and him being safe and stuff like that and um this this one cat cracked me up one time um, mr mr fantastic was her name and i was working her with a few for a few different things but one of the concerns was that she was overweight and you know the owner was quite concerned and the vet was quite concerned and so i was talking to her and she said you know she says i know i'm overweight she said but i'm not particularly concerned about it <laughs> i just cracked right up it's too funny and i get that i get that you know right it's just like yeah like you know <laughs> anyways totally understand but things are just you just never know what's going to come out of their mouths right or not out of their mouths but you know what yeah. they're going to say yeah. telepathically it's it's really quite funny yeah 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 so at what point did you realize that you had the telepathic connection because i know you talked about you know your colleague at the office who said you should really work with animals um and then you decided that you were going to go and work with animals. But what was the deciding? When did you realize or recognize that that was sort of the path that you, you were meant to follow? Well, actually, um, you know, I might have been a communicating with animals all along. A lot of people are and they don't realize it. But it was my mentor that said to me, as she knew a lady that 
taught animal communication. She said, well, Joy, go to this course. So I did. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I've taken, you know, lifelong learning, lots of other courses and, and training since then. But, you know, that's when, um, and, and that with, you know, with energetic healing and stuff, it, it really works well together. And, you know, one of the things I find a lot of times when an animal is having um, behavioral issues and stuff, if I can balance their energetic body, then a lot of those things will just go away. So, you know, it just works so well together, being able to mm -hmm. talk to them and, you know, and do the energy work as well. So, and, and, and that's what I do. It's animal mm -hmm. healing and it's just whatever is required. And I'm learning new techniques all the time, you know, for you know, trauma release and stuff like that. And um, so it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to go back even further back because you talked about working with ESPCA and the Wilderness um, Medicine River Wildlife Wilderness. Center. Mm -hmm. And so, and that was kind of your safe haven where you went to every single day and where you were working mm -hmm. like an employee, but volunteering. Yeah. And so talk a bit about those animals, like when they're coming in, how do they come in? How do you, do you work with, like, do you do regular sessions with them? Or is it once in a while? Or you just check in with them and see what they need and then they're, they're fine? Um, a lot of times, um, because when animals go to the Humane Society, they'll be going, they'll be in the holding area, you know, until they get, you know, um, medically checked and behavioral and stuff like that. And um, so sometimes I'll ask, you know, does any animal need help right now? But a lot of times I'll just kind of go through and just, um, you know, kind of see, um, yeah, see which ones I'm drawn to. And I have to... Um, I'll tell another story. So um, there was a Milk River rescue, I think where over 200 um, animals were rescued from this property and the Humane Society took on 40 of them. And so anyways, um, this one dog, Sable, she she was there and um so i started working with her and she was quite terrified and and so the way the kennels are is like in the front they have like a front section with the bed and stuff and then they've got another section with their food and stuff and so she would be like way way in the back and so i went and i worked with her i think three times and i and I said, you know, I thought, well, I'm going to see if I can get a little bit closer to her. So I went and I sat on her bed and as clear as day, she said, I wish that lady would get off my bed. <laughs> so I laughed and I got off her bed and gave her space. And, you know, um, we ended up being like best friends. Like I love her so much, you know, and, you know, she became really trusting and stuff like that. So um yeah it's just, just uh um you know and ones that have had surgery and stuff um you know i work with them and uh yeah just kind of whoever i'm kind of drawn to mm -hmm, to help out That's really cool yeah. and what yeah. about some of the animals like that have been struggling to be adopted out like as you work with them oh, do they get yeah. adopted I forgot to tell. So I like to, um, you know, first of all, tell the animals why they're in the Humane Society, you know, and, you know, that they're safe and everybody will treat them kindly. 
and that they're there to be adopted. So I have like an adoption talk with them, you know, so I really, um, you know, try and, um, you know, build up their self-esteem and tell them like how good they are. And I, and I tell them, you know, like start thinking about the things you like to do and, you know, the type of family you want, you know, like, and, you know, do you want, do you like to go for walks? Do you like to play for, you know, ball? Do you like to, you know, you want a yard, all these kinds of things and stuff. And I say, you know, you start thinking about that. And I say, like, you'll attract, you'll attract them. And, you know, and this is super cool. <laughs> you know, it really does work. Um, this one dog I worked with, Joe, he was a Roddy and he came from another rescue and he had been at the Humane Society for, I think it was like nine months. Mm -hmm. And I found out, you know, that day I went to work with him that he was going to be going back to, I think, McDonald's rescue and um so i had my adoption talk with him and you know really worked at building the self-esteem and you know what he got adopted the next day like not that it always happens like that but that's super cool and i i had that happen with a kitty that i was working with in um one of the pet pet value stores and um this so they taken kitties from whisker rescues to be adopted and jasper was his name and all his siblings had been adopted and he hadn't and so he was going to be going back and so i was carrying him around with me giving him reiki for about a half hour and i was talking to him you know how he's such a good kitty and deserved to have a good home and had my adoption talk and he was adopted before i left that day it's like amazing it's just amazing you know and, and you think of the law of attraction and i read this in one of my animal communicator books and i thought like wow yeah like let's start mm -hmm. talking to them about that and it's really important to tell them why you know why they're there right you know you're here so we can find you a good home and and um you know a lot of them feel really bad you know about being abandoned and you know so just to to really build them up Mm -hmm. oh, I love that you shared that. I never thought about the law of attraction working with animals and yeah, the other thing, right? We just think about it for ourselves and what we want I know. to do there. I know, I know. It's just super cool, super, super cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I, um, I have a story to tell about this one dog um, that I worked with last year. And so I teach animal communication and I do animal communication 101, which is just basically talking about one way animal communication, like I was saying, talk to your animals like they're young kids and stuff. And anyways, um, so this was at the Humane Society and this one lady came to me afterwards and she said that her dog was quite sick and, and we talked and <clears throat> Kobe was his name. And anyways, um, he was actually in her vehicle and I, I went out to see him and I remember like he looked at me and he said like, can you help me? And um, anyway, so he basically was very lethargic. He hadn't eaten anything in days and he was hardly drinking any water. And um, he had things going on with him. Like he had nasal problems for about three years and the vets couldn't figure out what was going on and stuff. Anyway, so, um, so I got hired to work with Kobe. And so the next day I did a healing session with Kobe and uh, the day after he had an appointment with the vet so the owner took him to the vet and um they found a bunch of um white spots on his lungs didn't know if it was fungus or cancer or whatever but the vet had recommended euthanasia because he was in such rough shape 
And so he had an appointment for the next afternoon. And so the owner called me and um, I said, well, you know, you don't have to make that decision right now. Like, let me give him a healing session tomorrow morning and I'll talk to him and ask him if he's ready to go. And excuse me. So what Kobe told me was he said, you know, he said, no, like I want to give this this healing a chance to see if it works. Like if it works, then, you know, you know, I want to wait and see. So I told her that. And and uh, so they she canceled his appointment and um, I worked with him again one more time. And uh, a few days later, she said, like, he's he's I've got my dog back like he was running around and, you know, just like she said, just like a puppy. And oh, and one of the things she said to me when I said, like, he didn't want to go, like he wanted to give it a chance to to see if this healing worked. And she said, like, that's the way he was, like he's a real fighter. Right. And um, and when she told me that, you know, she had her dog back, like I, I cried. Like I just said, I was just like, wow, he would have been put down anyways. But he, um, I just checked with her and he's still alive, you know? So it's, you know, sometimes, sometimes too, like another dog I worked with um, was really sick too and the, the vet didn't know what was going on. And <clears throat> anyways, I was able, like the, the dog told me like his stomach was like burning and she got medication and stuff. and. You know, he ended up, she, it was a dog, a female, Maggie, and um, she ended up, you know, being okay. And she ended up like passing, like, I don't know, maybe four or five months later, you know, but she got more time with her family and she was, you know, feeling good. And, and when I hear stuff like that, it's like, yeah, I meant to do this. Yeah. And, um, you know, and my business has expanded. I've worked with I worked with a dog in India, I couldn't believe that. And I worked with a dog in Australia and, you know, lots of dogs in the States, you know, or animals in the States. And uh, yeah, so it, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that is so awesome. And what about death and dying, like animals who've passed over and do you yeah. heal, or how would you connect with the animals and the humans from that perspective? Yeah. Yeah. Um, good question. So um, I find, um, okay, I'll talk about before they actually pass. So, you know, that's something that owners, you know, really struggle with, like, is their animal ready to go? Are they going to put their animal down too soon? Or are they, you know, are they, you know, waiting too long? And, you know, so I'm able to, you know, help with that. And, and sometimes I don't really know uh, I think, you know, that it might go one way, but it's another, like I worked with this one dog who was 18 years old and he was blind and was going deaf and having a hard time walking. And I thought for sure he would be ready to go. And uh, anyways, he told me that he wasn't. And he said, because his mom wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. And um, so I talked to her about it and she said, well, I told him that if he, you know, if he wanted to go that he, you know, he could. And I said, yeah, but he knows you're not ready, you know, so, so animals will hang on because of that. I've been really, you know, able to help a lot of families with, um, you know, planning. Okay, so if the animal's ready to go, what are their last wishes, you know, talking about things that they've done that they really enjoyed, you know, what they meant to each other. And it's really brought 
peace to people. And, you know, like in a time of sorrow, it's kind of brought peace to the situation. And the animals too, like after that, you know, after having that conversation, they're much more relaxed too, because they now know that their human understands, right? Mm -hmm. You know, what they want. And so that's one side of it. And then another side is animals that have already passed over. You know, I, I've connected with a lot of them and um, I find it really helps the person with their healing because so many people feel guilty about whatever is going on, you know. Um, they thought like one one lady I worked with there, um, she took her dog in and just thought it was like the dog was sick, but she didn't know that the dog would be put down. And she felt tremendous guilt over that. And, you know, so we connected with her dog and, um, uh, you know, we talked about what she would have done if, if she had known, you know, that if she had known that this was going to happen, you know, she said she would have kept him home and they would have snuggled and, you know, and so we kind of went over that and it just, it just, I don't know what, you know, each case is different, but I find it's just really brings peace to people. Like that's what they say. I feel so much better. They, you know, the healing that takes place and stuff. So yeah. Pretty cool. And then what about the animals that pass over? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. The ones that pass over, you know, so um, a lot of times, like I say, you know, people feel guilty and, you know, the animal doesn't want them to feel guilty. Like a lot of animals, you know, they're okay over there mm -hmm. in the, on the other side, but, um, you know, a lot of them are really stressed because their owner, you know, their whole family is torn apart or, you know, they're just going through so much sorrow and depression. And what I find a lot of people, um, and a lot of people have told me this, that they, they find it harder with the death of their animal than they do, you know, people passing, you know, like they just, because there's just that unconditional love, just that connection, you know, and um, yeah, so um, yeah, it, it's, it's a really good service and I find um, I'm better at it now. Like I, I still get kind of emotional, but I realize the importance of it and the service and what it does to people, and, you know, and their animals to be able to do that. So um, yeah, I, I'm holding that <laughs> together a bit more and I just realized, well, that's something that people need. Mm -hmm. oh, you know, they need to be able to do that, yeah. So what do you do to maintain your own self-care? Well, I meditate every day lately. Like, um, you know, I've gone through periods where I haven't, but I have been for quite a few months now. So that that really helps. I actually have a shaman Reiki guy that I go to once in a while when I feel really out of sorts, you know, um, and um, just like-minded people. Like I have a soul path group that I belong to and just being around, around people like that. And yeah, I've just started yoga. So we'll see how that goes, but uh, yeah. So it's really important and getting out in nature is really important. And, and I've got my, my dog too that, you know, I get out with him and like, I find that really helps just, yeah, being out in nature is one of the huge things for me. That's just so soothing for my soul and, you know, being around water and just, mm -hmm. and trees, like, you know, hugging trees, the energy they have is amazing, you know, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Very cool. Mm -hmm. so what would you say, what, what, what's the biggest advice that you could give um, animal owners? 
basically, you know, just to talk to them about everyday things, you know, even like if you're going on holiday, you know, explaining to them, you know, who's going to be looking after them, like, are they going to like a, a you know, doggy daycare or a kennel, like, or is someone going to be coming to stay with them, you know, and how many days they're going to be gone. And, you know, most importantly, that you're going to be coming back to them, you know, so um, just talk to them about, about everyday things, you know, if there's, you know, some, especially if there's change, especially if there's any change coming up, let your animals know so they understand. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the most important thing is just talk to your animals and, and you know, and if you find that, okay, all of a sudden my animals are acting out of sort, you know, just try and think of, okay, well, when did that happen? When did that start to happen, you know? And, um, and you know maybe you'll be able to figure it out and talk to your your animal about it but you know it's so important just to talk to them mm-hmm. just to talk to them yeah so you mean like in remembering past events or major experiences that happen in the family just that coincide with some of the behavior patterns exactly exactly yes any changes someone left or you know another animal came in or you know someone died or someone's sick you know like if all of a sudden you've gone going through an illness and um you know it affects our animals so yeah just take a look at that you know and if there is something that's really traumatic and stuff then you know it's good to try and find someone like me that can really you know talk to them about it and hear their side and and help them help them get through it right but the first step is to talk to them yes yeah Mm -hmm. What's the, um, I know, I want you to tell the turkey story. I love the turkey story. Oh, <laughs> the turkey story. Okay. So I was, um, out at Bear River, uh, Bear River Valley Rescue, I think it's called it. Bear, anyways, they, they have horses and stuff there. So I was there for the day and they, they have, um, you know, turkey and, and other birds and stuff. And anyways, this one turkey, they called him the grumpy turkey. And this turkey would um, chase people and other birds all the time. So I just thought, well, I'm just gonna connect with him and just see what's going on. And the first thing he told me was, he said, I'm the boss. And I said, oh, okay, you're the boss. And um, then I kind of went on to explain to him, you know, like you don't have to be mean to be the boss, you know, you can work as a team. And, you know, I kind of had that whole conversation with him and um, he was thinking about it when I left. I don't know if he changed or anything, but it was just like, you don't have to be like that, <laughs> you know, but he, um, hopefully I made a little bit of a, you know, uh, an impact on him. Like I said, he was pondering it when I left. So no, I don't know how he is now. Yeah. But it's kind of cool. Kinda I love cool. that. So animal, we, we've talked about animal leadership. We've talked about manifestation with animals. Yeah. I love those topics. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And um, yeah, learning new things all the time too. So it's, um, you know, just different techniques to go um, to work with animals, you know, that have been through trauma. Sometimes they don't remember what happened and I've learned how to you know, going to, you know, even check the Akashic records to see, you know, if I can find something out there that they're, they're unable to remember. And um, yeah, just different cool techniques that you use all the time. And uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Again, I never thought to use Akashic records on an animal. I mean, uh-huh. and 
And I, I mean, I know lots of stories where, you know, sometimes I say in reincarnation that you've been an animal together or you've yeah. been, you know, in human form together and then now you're in animal and human form together. Yeah, I'll talk about um, my dog that I have now, Boomer. Um, so I met him at the Humane Society and the first time I met him, he was like um, hiding under the bed in the kennel and stuff. And uh Anyway, so I went to work with him and I was working with him for about a half hour or so and and he was way away from me and I said, okay, I'm going to go now and he jumped up on my lap and so I spent another half hour working with him and I'd been at the Humane Society for, I don't know, a few years by then and um, anyway, so I went back the next time and he was out in the front uh, in the adoption area and I spent an hour with him and he's going like, I can help you in your business. <laughs> know and anyways um so i uh talked to my husband and we ended up adopting him and so i had him for about a week and we were out on a, a walk one day and he said to me he says i'm jinx i'm jinx and i looked at him you're jinx and jinx was a dog that i had over 20 years ago and and i'm like wow like why didn't you tell me that before i was i was saying but then you know, I thought about it and I think, you know, if he would have told me that at the Humane Society, I probably would have questioned it, you know, but it was just like out of the blue and, and yeah, he has a lot of the characteristics of Jinx and, you know, he says we spent many lifetimes together and, you know, he does help me with my healing and in my business for sure. So, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> so yeah, reincarnation is pretty cool. Um, yeah. And, uh, so that definitely does happen. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's neat. And it's, um, it was neat that I'm experiencing it with my own, my own dog. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. That is so yeah. cool. Well, yeah. I would definitely say that you're on path. So if you were to look back at your life, like even just looking at your younger self, um, did you have any inclination that this would be a path for you at any point? Or were you completely closed until all of a sudden you were just kind of wide open? Well, I think, I mean, spiritually wise, like I, I don't think I really started to open up until I went through a, a rough marriage and stuff like that. And, you know, went through a crisis and that's when I started to open up. But I do, um, I mean, animals have always kind of come to me, like I've, you know, been sitting by a lake and I'll have a beaver come out, you know, or a muskrat or, <laughs> you know, it's, um, I, you know, I've been, you know, was lucky enough to be, you know, meet these two moose, two like calves, maybe a year or two old. And that's quite a story anyways. And um, so they've always come to me, but did I think that I would be working with them for uh, a living or doing this as a career path? No, like I've always just loved them so much, but um, you know, I was in corporate and I was in, you know, human resources and you know, that was like 30 years I did that. And, um, and you know, and now here I am. And uh, I have to say like the first year or so, like I didn't tell people that I communicated with animals. Like, you know, I didn't know what they would say. And now I really don't care. It's like, this is what I do. And, and just the difference that you can make, it's just, or I can make, it's just amazing. I just love it, love it, love it, love it. Yeah. But I, I, I'm so, I think that's so interesting, like as I meet people and, and as people share their, their zone of genius, you know, it's that 
there's so many different opportunities to offer services in, you know, and, and it's listening to that deep inner calling. Um, and, yeah. and it is sometimes seeing like one of my gifts is I, I always see the highest potential of people, but it's, they need to see their highest potential. Right. Yes. And, and I see the possibility. I see their, their gifts, especially as a Reiki master and teacher, I can see that they can tap into it, but if they don't practice it, you know, yeah. it's, you have to, it's, it's something that you do have to hone and practice as well. You can't be lazy with it. Right? No, no, no. It's, you know, like with me, like I've, I've, um, you know, had lessons or learnings from so many, you know, famous animal communicators and, and, um, you know, just learning new techniques all the time, like, you know, the Kashuk records or, or one, you know, one uh, for traumatic release was this rapid eye movement thing. And like, when I learned that, I was like, holy man, like, that's super cool. Like, it just just things like that, you know, so just learning different things. And um, I mean, that makes life exciting, too. But, you know, it's well, and these techniques all work on humans. Why would they not work on animals? Because they exactly. are, they are emotional sentient beings as well. Yeah, they are. They're like angels. They're you know they're they're here to to guide us and to you know they have a life purpose. And uh, I have to laugh. So um, one of the things I've learned to do with tuning forks is is this um, spinal walk thing. And I was just working with a dog the other day um, that has. Uh, degeneration in his spine and so I was doing this final walk with him and he he told me he said okay like go a little slower and hold the tuning forks longer and I'm like that is so cool so you know he was helping me yes. <laughs> and, I do the same thing sometimes with other practitioners I'm like can you slow down and I need you to put yeah. it here and I need you to put it there so why wouldn't an animal do this yeah. and you know and a lot of times you know I, I I don't tell owners this but you know a lot of times the animals will say like you know you are so good at this joy like you're such a good healer like awesome. you know you know you need to keep doing this so mm -hmm. it's really nice to get the encouragement from them too you know it's like yeah it's just uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's profound i i i haven't i work with animals but i don't work with animals like i i animals just kind of come to me um, yeah and i've had a lot of my clients say why don't you work with my animals or my horses and i'm like i'm a i work with people my gift is working with people yeah. i can work with animals but i don't i don't feel I feel that the animals that are meant to come to me just kind of find me. And yeah. you know, one of, I remember this, I was actually, it was a very interesting experience. Um, it was a few years ago when I was uh, getting tires changed or my brakes changed on my car or something. And I went to a place that I don't normally go, but I just wanted to support a company, a, business, a small business in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I walked in and they were young guys, you know, who had this business and they were very knowledgeable. They were very sweet. And mm -hmm. they had this dog named Princess. And okay. it was all these guys. And then there's this beautiful, um, I can't remember what she was, but she was um, like a, uh, probably like a Shih Tzu or like something like uh -huh. that. Um, yeah. anyway, she came up, like I was at the desk and she crawled up on the desk and she went, you know, and I petted her yeah. and then she would take my hand and she would take her nose and put my hand to where she wanted it to go. Yeah. And yeah. she had quite a bit of pain going on in her stomach, her abdomen and her hips. And, and I was just, I gave her a healing session and she yeah. loved it and she just laid there and she eventually rolled over on her back and, you know, and then, um, one of the guys.
eyes came in and I just kind of, you know, made it look like I was petting her, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. you know, and then they left and then she took her nose and moved my hand again to where she wanted it to go. And it was just, it was so sweet and it was just so powerful. You know, just that confirmation that animals, animal sense, they know. They do. And like I do, I teach animal Reiki as well, because working with animals is different than with people. And that's the thing is they lead the way they show you, they know, they'll like, okay, I'll give you my hip. <laughs> I need oh, some help cool. here. Yeah. Yeah. I was this too. And they're like, my dog doesn't like anyone. And they're sitting at your feet, you know? Yeah. Or, um, yeah. One of my friends, they, they had to, um, uh, I can't remember what they're called right now. Anyway, really sweet dogs, and they had gotten uh, beaten up in the park. So a dog chewed into them at, at the, I can't remember if it was off-leash or whatever it was. Anyway, both dogs mm -hmm. ended up getting stitches, and they were not, not good. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And so I ended up spending the night at my friend's house out in Canmore, and the dog slept with me that night. Um, and both of them, they didn't leave until the next morning, and they literally slept at my feet, slept around me, stayed with me, um, yeah. got the healing that they needed, and then off they yeah. went. You know? So the coolest, I just love that. Animals, animals know, and just, you know, it's important, I think, to listen to them and to trust them and to pull them in instead of pushing mm -hmm. them away. Just like yeah. children, you know, and like ourselves, we need to do that for humans as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And everything has a, a trifecta. It affects everybody, right? The human experience affects the animal experience. The animal experience affects the human experience. Totally. All totally. Around to communication. Yeah. The animal mind body connection and stuff. Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Well, we're just at the end of our time. Thank you so much. I love all the stories. And, oh, you're welcome. You know, and I think that's the beauty of this is it's just we share through story. Um, that's really that's really all we can do. All right, and that's the yeah. the proof is in the experience of the um, the owner, the animal, the behavioral changes. Um, yeah. You know, it, it is a, it's a, it's an important thing, and I, I know a lot of people kind of you know, crinkle their nose and raise their eyebrow at it, just like everything else, you know, but I think, you know, it's such an important piece that we do need to take care of our animal kingdom. Um, we do, we yeah. do. I, and, you know, and they're so giving and, you know, they give, 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 and they, they, they get depleted. They definitely, they definitely need help too. So yeah, I'm grateful that I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing. I love it. That's so mm -hmm. cool. So even just one, one more piece of advice, um, maybe for animal, um, for the humans of animals, what might even be something for them besides talking and communicating? What is, do you have any other suggestions or any other ways that they could support their animals? Um, well, there's so many different things, you know, like, you know, diet and exercise and all those kind of holistic things that can, can help them. Um, if you're having, you know, if you've got an animal that's really sick and, you know, you're not really getting anywhere, um, you know, with a vet or, or they are going, you know, to a vet, but um, you think that they need extra help, you know, like, you know, the key and stuff can really speed up the healing and um, yeah, uh, just love your animals. 
Just love your animals and and I guess to realize, although I think most animal lovers do realize this, but just how intelligent that they are. And they are sentient beings, like they are souls, you know, in an animal form, right? You know, and um, I, I kind of laugh at you hear these studies, oh, like an animal can communicate or understand this and it's like yeah and so much more <laughs> right you know so um just treat them treat them like you would your children you know talk to them explain things to them and just love them yeah yeah oh you're welcome for being with us today and you can connect with joy at uh joyshealingtouch.com i'll also be putting her information in the show notes below and the ways that you can connect with her. To our viewers, thank you for watching. I hope you found some value and you know, would love to invite you to continue the conversation. You can post in the comments below, share the video out as well, um, share it with your community. And if you'd also like to connect in um, to my Facebook community, Inspired Women Gathering, um, for a deeper connection and communication over there, I'd love to have you there. So until next time, love and light into the world and abundant love always. Thank you so much. Bye Thank for now. Thank you. Bye now.